the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's business time. As the song plays, it reminds us that now we're going to be speaking to Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. Enjoying the time of the season, so to speak. Uh, You know, Halloween kind of marks off the next two or three months where I don't do a lot and have a lot of days off, and I kind of like that. Sounds good to me. With that said, one of the things that I was, you know, thinking about this morning, um, October, November, December, last three months of the year, a lot of economic activity. Um, On the personal side, people funding their 401ks. On the business side, budgets getting flushed. Um, Is the last three months of the year economically the strongest? Yeah. Activity-wise. You have to remember that when you look at the growth rates and everything, it's all seasonally adjusted. So all of the end-of-year events that normally show strong economic growth don't show up as like a huge boom in terms of GDP gains compared to previous quarters. So, you know, the Christmas holiday purchasing season, for example, I mean, you're going to see, you know, retailers having nice numbers, but when you compare it to uh, the third quarter, you're not going to see a big jump because, you know, the, the comparison isn't based on Christmas. It's based on how much better was uh, this Q4 compared to a normal uh, holiday season, and then using that number, they compare it to the to the third quarter. Okay, any big economic data out this morning that is moving the markets? I, I mean, I think everybody's focused on the FOMC meeting uh, and you know the conclusion that comes out today to see whether or not uh, the Fed's going to completely end QE as expected, and then to see if there's any changes in their language regarding how long interest rates are going to remain low. Um, I think that this meeting in itself is probably uh, going to be pretty benign. I think that the expectations are going to match what the Fed does, because I don't think the Fed's going to change things much when they don't have a, um, a press conference afterwards. So I think it's setting the stage for the December report, which is when I think they're finally going to start altering the language of um, the directive on when rates could rise and and how fast rates could rise. So I I think people are are trying to get into the planning stages right now of what that uh, December meeting is going to look like. Since quantitative easing has started, I think I read we've put about $4 trillion of debt, essentially, on the Federal Reserve's balance sheets. Does that sound about right? That's about right, yeah. Okay, what's that mean to the average listener out there? It sounds horrible. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, to the average listener, nothing. I mean, if the Fed uh, was going to sell those bonds, um, you know, theoretically, you could flood the market and, and you know, cause yields to spike pretty quickly. But, you know, all intents and purposes, the Fed's going to keep this stuff on their balance sheet until it matures. And then as it matures, it pays off the, um, you know, the proceeds back to the Treasury. So it, it just kind of flows from one government hand to another. It's it's really not making too much of an effect. The effect on the larger scale is that it reduced the supply of, of bonds on the open market, which you know, kept things more in check and made demand higher, which pushed down yields. And I think that was what the the whole goal is. So unless the Fed decides, and, and I think this would be a pretty drastic move to start selling that debt, I think that uh, it's more likely that, you know, it looks bad on a balance sheet because it looks like a massive amount. But in reality, it just won't, as it matures, it, it falls away and, you know, the money supply comes down naturally and, and and things were returned to a more normal uh, lending environment. The implications or the ramifications of pulling quantitative easing completely off, um, it plays with statistics, economic statistics. Any of them do you think will like trend differently um, now that quantitative easing is off? Do you expect the 10-year Treasury to float higher? Do you expect the stock markets to go lower? Do you think housing starts will change? Uh, what's the biggest ramification, you think, when QE is all said and done and debated? I don't think you're going to see much movement. I think that okay. QE worked on the margin, um, but I don't think it was a big motivator of economic growth. Um, I think that the problem is still that in a liquidity trap, you need to have a buyer of last resort. and you know, In normal circumstances, that would be uh, the government, not the Fed. And the government has been more of a um, an austerity push of eliminating debt and, and trying to to draw down the, the deficit. So I, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see much change in overall economic trends unless you have the government come out and and put some type of stimulus package, be it uh, fiscal spending, be it uh, you know, tax decreases to uh, increase or try to spur private spending, but. Um, you know that is going to be the main motivator towards growth. You know the way the economy is situated right now. Um, there's just the Fed just doesn't have the power to influence that much anymore. You know we, since QE stop, uh, was announced that it was going to be uh, ended, we've had a, a decline in rates. So we didn't have the expected uptick, and then I think things are going to be more of the same. Rates are going to stay low and. And, you know, Fed funds rate's going to stay low, and it's going to have very little impact on influencing businesses to invest or consumers to go out and buy uh, durable goods. Let's play fantasy here for a second. When do you think the 10-year Treasury might be back at 35 4%? Oh, boy. Um, 2016 at the minimum. I mean, okay. if That's you fair. think about it. The way the uh, the 10-year Treasury is, is that it's an assumed average of the Fed's funds rate for the next 10 years. So you're assuming that the Fed funds rate doesn't move very much in the next, you know, 6 to 12 months. You know, most uh, economists expect the first rate hike won't happen until uh, at least the June or July meeting the public or the market implications based on the Fed funds futures is is right now in October. 
So you have a zero essentially for the first 12 months, and then you, you know the Fed is not going to raise rates you know, at a fast, quick speed. If you look at uh, previous trends, you, know, you, you go up a meeting, maybe wait a meeting, go up a meeting, wait a meeting. So it's going to take a long time for the Fed funds rate to return to the 4 to 5% that it typically is. So if it takes a while for that rate to rise, there's no room for the 10-year to get up to 35 4% because the average is just going to be uh, low for an extended period of time until the rates are able to start moving up. So I, I think we got a while. Okay. Economic or business-wise speaking, uh, it's earnings season. It's kind of starting to wind down. Do you have any commentary on earnings from corporate America? No, I, I tend to stay kind of on the sidelines on quarter over quarter earnings. You know, right now we know that profits are strong uh, comparatively, and we know that uh, businesses are making money. It's showing up in the GDP reports. It's showing up in the corporate profit reports, and, and that's not changing. Uh, we're not seeing a slowdown uh, per se. We're just seeing more of you know the same you know, two, two and a half percent growth trends. And, and I think the businesses are aware of that and are uh, planning on, on growth remaining around that same level for uh, at least the near future. Okay. Um, anything else that you want to add? Anything you're working on? Uh, I think that we get GDP tomorrow. I know it's backward looking. We get to see how uh, the third quarter performed. I'm right now well below consensus. The briefing.com consensus is 3%. I'm looking at 2%. I think that uh, you know the, the trends of you know secular stagnation of two to two and a half percent growth that uh, we've been talking about you know on your show for a couple times now, and you know what the IMF has basically said is pretty true. I think that you know we're in a place where things are improving but not improving at the rate that we would expect it to be, and I think that uh, tomorrow's GDP report is going to show more of that. Okay, thanks very much. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen. Um, we're going to be looking at GDP. Again, you know, we're going to get jobs numbers next Friday. That'll be something we're paying attention to, but today is the day that we really have to start dealing with the quantitative easing you know, math. Now that it's physically being stopped, What's going to happen is that the Federal Reserve is going to have to work on language. It's kind of an odd concept to really, you know, break down, but it's going to be a talking issue at this point. You know, uh, Fed's cutting the, the physical and going to policy, um, or not policy, but words. So favoring guidance over bond buys. And Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. I was, when I asked him, I said, when do we might get back to those 3.5%, 4% levels on the 10-year Treasury? He said, eh, 2016 earliest. Now, watch the 10-year Treasury today. After the news, um, you'll get a good feel for it. Tomorrow, the next couple of days, watch gold. Uh, in the future, we'll watch housing numbers. Uh, they obviously have a big play in this. Uh, vehicle sales, where you know the cost of borrowing is or isn't. You know, a lot of the vehicle sales in the last couple of years are going to hurt the automobile companies in the next 8 to 10 years because they borrowed money at such a low cost that they gave you the money at such a low cost. That's one of the ways that they make money is, you know, not the 0% interest loans. Um, so they need that, you know, car loan that's a little bit higher. They can make money, automobile dealers make money off you trading in your car. Sticker price, what you pay for it but also what they get you to borrow. 
So just keep that in mind. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. You can find briefing.com. Great resource. Great insights. Multiple types of insights. Um, whether it be individual companies, sectors, the economy, the market. You can find out more information at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.